Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Hey, you a bishop? And I say, yeah. He said, I saw the license plate on your car. He said, where's your church? I said, let me get you a card. He said, because I've been here about three months, I'm looking for a church home. I said, well, come on and be with us. And then there was a woman beside him, and she said, yeah, I need to go to church. I said, well, here's one for you. You need to, you come on too. Now, here's what the Lord spoke to me out of that. And, And I want all of you to take this in. God told me this. He said, you need to have a ready response. In other words, we need to know, each of us, God may use a little differently, but you ought to have something that, boom, immediately opens the door for you to sow a word into somebody or opens the door for you to even minister salvation to somebody. Everybody you meet, you ought to have something that you can say and you ought to have it ready. You ought to have it ready. So you don't have to sit down and think, well, what can I say to this person? You ought to just have it ready. And that was what the Lord laid on me, to ask people, you know why I'm doing great? No, Why? Because God is good. You know why God is good? No, why? Because he loves you. Hallelujah. And that, that just opened the door. Now I ended up talking to three different people. Amen? So, so saints, if you're going to be relentless, you need to be ready. The Bible says always be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within you. See, so when you meet somebody for the first time, how would you get, how would you break the ice? How would you say something to them that would open the door for you to talk about God? You need to pray through that and figure that out. Amen? I mean, you can use the same thing I use, or you may use something else, but you ought to have something so that you don't walk away from people and think, man, I should have talked to them about the Lord. I should have said something. And the other thing is you got to have something with you all the time, something to give people all the time. I'm working on that. You got you to have something all the time. Got to have something all the time. So when somebody says, oh, really? Well, where's your church? Here you go. Yeah, come visit with us. You got to get into that habit. And if you're not, you got a problem with that habit, you got to pray about that. Say, Lord God, help me to get, help me to be on, like Bishop was teaching. Help me to be on all the time, like the apostles were in the early church. They were always on without ceasing, without ceasing. They never cease to preach and teach Jesus Christ in the temple and from house to house. Amen. You all with me? Praise God. Praise God. All right. So those are the three things you got to identify with Jesus. He's our first identity. Got to be relentless. You got to be on. You got to be ready. Got to be courageous. You got to be bold. Got to be willing to speak up. Amen. Got to be willing to take a stand. Amen. Amen. Here's the fourth thing. And this brings us to what we're here to talk about today. I wanted to lay that as a foundation. And that is the, the, the apostles and we need to walk in supernatural power. We need to walk in supernatural power. See, being a disciple is not like being an electrician or being a doctor where you're trained to do a certain thing. Nothing wrong with training, by the way. Nothing wrong with that. Or you're educated to do a certain thing. Nothing wrong with that. But we're supposed to be endowed. Endowed. An impartation of supernatural ability. Now, this is, this is one of the major distinctions between Christians and disciples. Because I don't, I, look, I, I could be wrong about this, but based on the studies I've read and the polling I've seen, if you ask the average Christian, or even bring up with the average Christian 
a supernatural endowment and power on the part of the Christian, I think most of them look at you like you're crazy. I think most of them, well, you know, well, you know, you never know what God's going to do. You know, you get answers like that, which means I'm not, I'm not seeing any supernatural power working in my life and I'm not really going to go there. Because that's almost been stripped away. Christianity has come down to going to church and engaging in a few disciplines, maybe the committed pray and read the word, and that's where it about stops. And we're supposed to be people of power. Amen. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're supposed to be people of power, and that power is supposed to be a witness to the world. And in that sense, the church is pretty much impotent. It really is. Pretty much impotent. You know, since Jackson and I were down in, down in Austin at a meeting, and I won't mention the name, but one of the people with one of the largest churches in this country was speaking, and since Jackson told me later, she said, that was so dry and empty and, and just, I was just nothing there. Why? No power. No power. No anointing. Look, I haven't arrived. But, but see, th this stuff that I'm doing right here, I don't take this stuff lightly. Amen. I'm seeking God. I'm praying. When I got to, to um, uh, Louisville, I had to speak at a rally on Saturday morning. We flew in Friday night. I spoke at this rally on, on Saturday morning. As we believe in the rally, Pastor Bly, uh, who I was with, of course, out there, he went to the rally with me. He prayed to open it up. He said, Bishop, he said, do you know what just happened? I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, there was a spiritual impartation that happened in this rally. When you began to speak, he said, you didn't, you, you didn't even mention you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He said, but the Spirit of God just fell on this place. He said, I, I can still feel the Spirit of God as a result of, you know, you, when you got up there at the, at the podium and you started speaking, he said, the Spirit of God fell. He said, I'm thinking, man, we need to have church up in here. Now that's the anointing. And I kind of, you know, looked at, he said, it wasn't just, you weren't just imparting information. You, there was an impartation of spiritual anointing and power. So I kind of listened to that and thought, okay, I, I mean, I've seen this kind of sort of people react. So I got down to, um, I got up to, to Dallas as Kareem flew down to, because he had to drive me up because we got done, uh, flew into Austin Monday afternoon, um, saw my son, uh, and his wife, and then went to the thing and spoke, and then left there and jumped in the car and drove up to Dallas about four hours away, and uh, I had to speak that next morning. And so after I spoke that morning, some guy, I'm going out of the door, some guy comes up to me and said, he said, Bishop, I came under conviction while you were speaking. He said, I realize I'm not following Jesus the way I should. He said, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? And I stopped right there in the, in the, just outside the auditorium and led the man in the prayer of salvation and the prayer of recommitment. And I hadn't, here again, I had not preached about salvation or recommitment, but it's the anointing of God that was falling. Now, now saints, that's the way we are supposed to be in our daily lives. Our presence and our words are supposed to have impact on people. Because we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and we are endowed with supernatural power. Now here's the thing, that power is in our spirit, but if you don't stir it up, if you don't call it up, if you don't use it, it'll, it'll just lie there dormant and do nothing. Amen? Amen? 
Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. He said, you got, but you got Timothy, if it, you just let it lay there, that's not going to do anything. You can stir that thing up. Stir it up. How? With boldness. Being relentless. Being, tell, letting people, I identify with Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You know exactly where I'm going. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Because it's still true. Amen. If you're there, read this with me. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Reading together. But you shall receive power. Now wait a minute. You shall receive what? Shall receive what? Power. Jesus wasn't just talking to those apostles. He was talking to us. Amen. Let's read it again. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now that's our endowment. That's our legacy. That's, what we, that's our inheritance. We're supposed to have power. Amen. Amen. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to have power. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, now don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. But how in the world are you going to have power you can't get to church on time? I mean, come on. How are you going to get folks healed? You can't even get the discipline in you to do what you know you need to do. It's just part of normal life. It's something you need to do. How, how, look, saints, you can't have power and not do your job. I had somebody tell me one time, Bishop, all day long today, I was just ministering words of knowledge and words of wisdom on my job. I said, well, what about the job? Did you do that? Well, you know, the Lord was using me. No, no, you were using you because God wants you to do what you're supposed to do while you got while you're on that job. The man's paying you not to give people low words of wisdom and knowledge. Right. In other words, saints, we, we need to we need to get ourselves together and get disciplined about things. Because we want the higher things. I look, I want God, I want to be able to speak a word and see people heal. Boom! Just like that. Just like that. Amen. I want the same for you. I want the same for all of you. But 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 here again, how can God use you like that when if it comes between you going to church and you making some money, you choose making money? Now I mean let's let's just deal with it. How, how's, how's that going to work? Oh, God, use me with power. You going to church? No, I ain't got time today. I mean, if we're going to grow up, we got to grow up. Amen? We got to come into the fullness. I mean, can you imagine Peter, James, or John saying, well, you know, I'm a little short on money. Uh, I'm going to go do some fishing right now. Uh, and uh, that meeting you all were going to hold, I, I can't make it. I mean, if we're going to be disciples, now if you're going to be just a Christian, a casual Christian, a churchgoer, fine, you can do that. But if you want the power of God operating in your life, you've got to make up your mind. Your Lord, you first. You first. I trust you to take care of me. I'm not going to put anything before you. I trust you to take care of me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, because I don't know about you, but I want power in my life. I mean, walking like no impotent thing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a Christian, but can't do nothing. Can't help nobody. Can't, I mean, you, you just basically walk through the motions and go, oh, you know, when I get to heaven, going to be all right. It's supposed to be all right now. 
Hallelujah. You're supposed to be having an impact on people now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Acts chapter 3. Go to Acts chapter 3. Now, you know the story because Peter, Peter and James were going down there to the temple to pray at the hour of about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This man, lame from birth, sitting at the side of the temple. I mean, think about that. Think about that, saints. When you walk into a situation and you, you know, I tell you, I get frustrated now sometimes in a good way. When I run into people, come across people, and they'll say, well, you know, my aunt or this, that, or the other, she's been sick for a long time with cancer. And sometimes Christians say, and you know, we, we don't know what God is going to do, but, but we're just trusting God. And something rises up and says, man, let me at her. Let me at her. Where is she? Give me, give, give me, just give me a few minutes with her. And let's break that mess off of her instead of that little wimpy, well, you know, we'll see what the Lord is going to do. You know, God works in mysterious. Please. Please. Enough of that mess. You can't prove it by Jesus. Jesus never went anywhere and nor did he tell the disciples. Now, when you go into some place, you're going to find some sick folk. God made them sick, so leave them alone. Jesus said, heal the sick, yeah. raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you ever see, freely give. Yeah. Hallelujah. And everywhere he went, he didn't do that. He never once found a person who he thought God made sick. God, well, well daughter, God gave you that cancer to help you. Jesus went and, I mean, he tore that stuff up. The Bible said that he went, he went destroying the works. That was the work of the devil, and he destroyed the works of the devil everywhere he went. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. These people, you got people, they're lost, they're confused, they're dying, and a whole bunch of religions have been thrown at them. You got this religion, and you got that religion, and you got the Christian religion, and somebody needs to say Christianity is not a religion. Let me show you. What's your problem? What's your problem? Well, you know, uh, I can't find a job. Let me pray for you. Now you got to believe, just like Jesus. See, you got to be willing. You know, everybody wants to identify with the woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus, if I can just touch the hem of your garment. That's not where you are anymore. You're, you, you are now standing in the place of Jesus, and somebody ought to be trying to get a hold of your hair, your hem, your garment. Hallelujah. He told you, occupy until I come. Not get down on the dirt and act like the woman with the issue of blood. He told you, you represent me till I come. Hallelujah. So we ought to be going tearing that stuff up. Amen. Tell him, you got a problem? Bring it to me. And you know, Jesus would say, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Because if you don't, don't waste my time. And they would say, Lord, I believe one man, when he, they, the disciples trying to cast the devil out of his son, and, and Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? The man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, he said, Lord, if I ain't believing enough, do something, help me here. Hallelujah. Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. See, every time you hear these messages, your faith ought to be growing. Your power ought to be growing. Your sense of determination to tear Satan's mess up ought to be growing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we say, yeah, I'm going to talk about boldness and relentlessness. When somebody tells you, well, you know, so-and-so down in such and such, you know, they got sick with the who junk to beat us, and you know the doctors don't even know what to do. <laughs> you know? And you ought to say, I know what to do. I know what to do right now. We're going to pray, and we're going to break that mess off of her. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have somebody look at that. Yeah, I just talked to brothers and sisters so and so. They're a little crazy, aren't they? Yeah, they're talking about breaking that mess off. Next thing you know, she's feeling better? Oh! Then they call you back. Uh, you know, there was an odd coincidence. Right after I talked to you, she got better. Say, ain't no coincidence. That's the power of God operating. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there's no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he'll do for you too. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So they went by, went by the temple. That man, that man had never walked in his life and sitting there begging. Peter walked up and the man lifted up his cup for alms. And you, know, and you, can, just, you can almost see it. You know, man probably poorly dressed, poor, that's just begging each day, trying to get a little sustenance. And here come Peter and say, they say, you know, he's saying, alms? Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then look, have the boldness to grab the man by the hand and say, get up. Pulled him. You know, people say around, say, don't he know he's crippled? That's sad. You're going to pull that crippled man up. He can't help himself. But when the Bible says when he pulled him up, the man received strength in his legs. And, and look, not only got up, you know, they say people haven't walked. I was talking to somebody, they were in a coma for two months. Said they had to learn to walk again. Had to be taught to walk again. But this man had never walked in his life. And when God caused the power to hit that man, that man jumped up and began leaping, leaping and walking and praising God through the temple. And I tell you, they said, oh, here come these Jesus folk. Here they come again. Tearing stuff up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And see, that's what made them marvel. They said, no, they didn't learn this at Harvard. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. They didn't learn this in some prep school. No, they, they've been with Jesus. You know he did that stuff too. Hallelujah. See, that's why people ought to identify with us. They ought to see Jesus in us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, we got to get bold about this thing. Amen. Amen. Tell people, yeah, you can go to one of them little popcorn churches and they got a whole lot of property. And I look, I'm not knocking that. Ain't nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Unless... Unless, instead of glorifying God, you glorify some kind of motivational speaking that ain't going to do nothing but send people to hell happy. I'll tell you what, you're going to go to hell, but you're going to have a smile on your face. Because you're going to choose to be happy as you go. I mean, that's what it boils down to. When you tell people, well, I wouldn't say you got to have Jesus. You know, you can't, you, you can't put a limit on God. Idiot, God put a limit on himself. God did it. God said, God said, no man comes into the Father but by me. Now, people can go to one of those churches and sit there and just stew and get ready for hell. Or they can come to a place like this where they're going to get the unadulterated truth of the word of God. They're going to get saved. They're going to grow. They're going to develop. They're going to move forward in the things of God. Amen. They're going to start walking as disciples. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Verse 12, are you there? Now look, because everybody's thinking, see, they're thinking, oh, Peter's got this special gift. Here's what Peter said. Read it with me. It says, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? You know what Peter was saying? No, don't pull that mess. Oh, that's special to Peter. 
Only Peter can do that. Only John can do that. See, that's the game Christians play. That's what they call dispensationalism. Oh, well, all of that, Bishop Jackson, ended when the last apostle died. Well, then somebody should have told God because he healed me since then. He didn't get the memo, apparently. Amen. Apparently, he didn't get the notification. Glory to God. I mean, that's just silliness. Hallelujah. The Bible says all scripture is given. All scripture is given for instruction, for correction, for reproof in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, what is a good work but to get somebody healed? Hallelujah. Okay, go ahead. Drop down the 16th verse. Drop in. Here's the key. Because Peter's saying, no, 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 don't you all come with all of that. Oh, that's just special. That's just something Peter alone can do or John alone can do. Notice what Peter says. Read it with me. It says, beginning at verse 16. In fact, just the 16th verse, it says, uh, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So Peter was saying, no, 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 it's not me, it's the name of Jesus. Amen. But you gotta have faith in that name. Amen. You gotta be bold about that faith. Amen. You gotta be committed to that faith. He said, and that's what will get folk like this healed, amen? amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. So look, if you wanna walk in supernatural power, the first decision you gotta make today is to be bold. Amen. To be bold, I'm not I'm talking about being crazy, but be bold. Don't apologize for your faith in Jesus Christ. And don't put any limits on him. When somebody comes and tells you about some horrible thing that somebody's going through, don't say, oh, well, brother, we're going to pray because you know, you never know how God may move. What you need to say is, we can correct that. We can correct that. What do you mean we can correct that? Man, through faith in Jesus Christ. He's, the Bible says with God, all things are possible. And then let them stew on that for a while. Amen. Just sit there and look at them. And sometimes they'll look at you like you lost your mind, but you found it. You got it. And, and if they catch it, amen, then they'll get some of what you got. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You know, we, we got this call for me to do uh, this, this TV program, do Fox News. Uh, I think it was Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. But at any rate, they called me and they said, we want you to do whatever the show is. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And then they called back, said, we got a problem. We can't, find, we can't find a technician. We can't get the door. We get blah, 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 blah. And do you have anybody else? So I gave him a couple of other names. And then I just realized, I said, no, wait a minute. I was sitting in the car. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. What in the world am I doing? I just said, Lord, if you want me to do this program, and I believe you do because they, they called me, just open the door. Just open the door. And I said, no, I'm done with it. Praise God. Five minutes later, oh, we, get, we got the door open. Everything is fine. You can do it. See, now, now, worldly people say, well, that was a coincidence. No, 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 no coincidence. But see, you have not because you asked not. Amen? Amen. We got we to get bold with the supernatural power that God has given us. Praise God. Amen. You got to wield the name of Jesus with bold authority. Praise God. And by the way, saints, and this is what the Lord, now, now listen to me closely. Listen to me closely, because you're going to hear something here. You're going to get something out of this. You need to be more bold about using the name of Jesus Christ as the world is about blaspheming it. Because they don't care about using his name anytime they feel like it. Just throw it out there. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, 
let's use it in holiness. Let's use it in righteousness. Because I tell you what, I get tired of hearing folks use the name of Jesus in vain. Well, you know what? Let's make them tired of hearing his name in holiness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And see, you know, it's the, this is the thing. They get offended by us. They don't think about the fact that we get offended by them using our Savior's name like that. So then fine. You're going to offend me? I'm going to offend you back. I'm going to use it right and teach you what it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so what, 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 does this, what does this achieve? What does this supernatural power achieve? We're going to be talking about this for the next several weeks. But let's look at a couple things before we close out today. Um, let's go to, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 4. Notice I'm in the book of Acts a lot because this is where we see the apostles in action and the disciples in action. Beginning at 33rd verse of Acts chapter 4, read it with me, it says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With what kind of power? Great power. Great power. Hallelujah. Great power. How many Christians today are walking in great power? But we're supposed to be. Amen. 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 Read on. It says, And great grace was upon them, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. Now, this is a verse that is often used and misunderstood. Now, first of all, notice it says there was no one who lacked. Nobody was lacking anything. Now, that wasn't just because people were giving everything they had, because that's not what was happening. We'll show you that in a second. It was because the Spirit of God had unleashed the power of prosperity on these folks, and they were just being blessed. They were being so blessed. And by the way, let me show you something. It says, all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them. It doesn't mean they sold everything they had. It says they brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. So they sold some of that stuff because they looked at all that stuff they had and they thought, man, I want the ministry to prosper. I want the ministry. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need that plot of land over there. They were selling that stuff and they were bringing it. Now, think about this for a second. It says they brought it to the apostles' feet. Here's what was happening. They were bringing that stuff as revelation giving while they were having service. See, the apostles weren't standing around waiting to see, okay, who's going to bring stuff? They were preaching and teaching, and folk would walk into the meeting or get up from the meeting and say, man, I just sold this plot of land, and they put that down there. And Peter just, and, and Paul, and, and uh, John, they just, keep, they just keep preaching. And they put some, they, they throw some more stuff down there. And then when the service was over, they gather that stuff up, and they would use that to distribute to people, whoever they had any need at that moment, they would use it to distribute them. But they were, it was revelation giving that was going on. God was moving on the hearts of people, and they were giving spontaneously. They were, they, God would speak to them. Man, they would run out and get rid of something and come back to the next service and put that stuff at the apostles' feet. Revelation giving, saints. It's inspired by the Spirit of Almighty God. We still haven't caught it here because the Spirit of God's got to touch people's hearts. See, I, yeah, well, we got, we got, yeah, we, we got buckets over here. 
But the Spirit of God has got to touch people's hearts to do that because it's got to be based on the revelation that God has given you. Amen.